Yo, 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 what up, what up, what up? It's your boy Max, say less. And Mike Navarro back at it, and we got back with us again because y'all loved us so much last time. Light Bright is in the building. Hey, what's up? So, <clears throat> today's topic is something that's very, very serious, but neglected in the black community, which is mental health. Um, mental health is a blanket of things. Um, it's mental well-being, like things dealing with depression, anxiety, you know, things of that nature. And in the black community, that's not something that's really spoken of because we're always told to get over it or you'll be all right or, you know, it'll get better or pray about it. So today's episode, we're going to dive into it a bit and we're going to figure out some things that'll make it a little easier to deal with. Right, right. And like, I'll get to my situation. I kind of want to like put that on like the back burner because I know, Max, I know it's a lot you want to talk about and I don't know, like, I'm not sure how much you want, how much you got to talk about, but I kind of want to hear where y'all two go with this and then I'll say my piece because I know this, this is a very, especially for you, Max, I know this is a very important episode for you, especially because you've been talking about this for a while. So I'm just play that role and then I'll get into my part later. Um. I think one of the biggest issues in the black community is suicide. Like, mm-hmm. that's something that's all that always happened that we're not ready for, and we never see it coming. Or if we do see it coming, we just pawn it off as that person with attention, or you know, they just being a diva or whatever. But or a lot of stuff that's ignored in the black community is the things leading up to suicide yeah. the signs the, the the calling out the call for help the you know just kind of putting it off to the side and acting like it doesn't affect us a lot so it's also the it leading up to that which is always pushed underneath <coughs> the rug with us right right i agree with that yeah and i'm um, being in the navy you know me and light bright we see a lot we see a lot of that matter of fact recently mm-hmm. like somebody we worked with um recently just took his life and it was somebody we never thought that would do it because when we saw him at work you know they was always in good spirits yeah, smiling in your face asking you how you doing that thing you know gone those are always those are always the and ones that's though. made that's the main sign they're the ones like they they sometimes hide it and then then it'd be too late you know, i mean i know like, what, what happened i know what it's like because like last year um from like August to like the end of November, I was dealing with, you know, those type of thoughts myself. And to be honest, it's like a real different scary place when you're having suicidal thoughts because you're like this whole different person that you never thought you was. And it's like an out of body experience because you see yourself making all these wild ass decisions and you like, wait a minute, I would never ever think about doing this. All right. You feel me? So like, when I was going through that, I kind of like still maintain how I was because I didn't want nobody to like be alarmed or be scared because if I did, you know, go that route, I didn't want nobody to try to stop. So I was still going out with the bros, you feel me? I was still turning up. I was still cracking jokes like I do because I wanted to maintain an appearance because I had it in my mind that I was going to do it and I didn't want nobody to like try to stop me, like I said. So. Yeah, I remember when you was going through that, and like I told you, and like I do with everybody else, like when people are in that state of mind, like all I can do is say that I'm here for you if you need me, and then just leave it alone. Because sometimes people just need to be alone or to feeling their head with stuff that they probably don't want to hear at the moment. It's just 
I feel like isolation is like the worst thing to do when somebody. I mean, not total life. isolation, but yeah, like, I know. But it's like when I when I when I was alone, I had nothing but time to think. And like the more and more I sat there and thought, the deeper you feel me that hope became. And before I knew, I was just in this black box. Like that's the best way I could describe it. It was like a black shroud. You feel me? And I just felt so lost and like trapped. And who who did you reach out to? Anybody? Um, nobody because I didn't know where I was going with it because I didn't know I didn't know I didn't know what I was going through. I didn't know it was depression at that time. I thought it was just like continuous bad days. You feel me? Mm-hmm. So it was like I didn't know how to handle it because it was my first time actually dealing with something like this. It was a new type of fight. So I didn't know who to reach out to. And then another reason I didn't reach out because as a black man, I was always taught that just take it to the chin and you feel me, I get through it or yeah, thug it out. Yeah, that's that's how my father is actually. That's why it's hard to even open up to him about stuff because he's, he's got that man up mentality like he, nothing should bother me. I should be able to, to take it or, you know, ha- handle it like a man when sometimes you can't do that. It's too overwhelming. And But, you know, he comes from that era where you know that you don't believe in depression and all that kind of stuff that stuff should be handled but that's the that's the epidemic with our black men now because the problem is is showing showing emotion is a sign of weakness apparently right and then what almost makes it hard for our black women to you know approach guys because you know we're so in tune with our emotional side Mm -hmm. that if we were to come at a nurturing type of standpoint is oh no i'm all right i'm all right i'm all right then it you know that type of situation where we're trying to nurture and try to you know open up your emotional side you hit us with the you know i'm a man but then if we don't do it then it's like all right you know damn if i do damn if i don't because then it's like okay y'all y'all never expect us to show our emotional side but then if we do it's like you know it's a sign of weakness which affects our black men as well yeah i agree because showing your emotions does not is a sign is not a sign of weakness because you guys are human beings just as much as us and if you guys have um an ability to love you have an ability to be sad as well all right i can speak on that a lot of black men well a lot of men period don't open up to women because they feel they don't like feeling vulnerable yeah so they feel as though they putting themselves out there on a ledge and they don't know if you feel me they really have that safety net to do so because a lot of women will throw that in your face this is true that, so, that that's the that's the that's the downside of it is being open with someone you not sure and trust enough that they'll take that information and really support you but that you know that's just the risk you have to just take are you going to bottle it up inside or are you going to really express yourself because like really the first thing the first step is actually talking about it yeah yeah it definitely is because if um, you can't talk to your spouse or someone you consider a significant other you can't talk to really nobody yeah that's the thing like when i was going through mines um i talked to i talked to my uncle all right so let me backtrack i had an uncle or whatever um he was real cool like he was he was my go-to when i was having issues or i needed some sort of guidance and like he was going through things but we didn't know to like what depths it was and like in 2015 he took his life and i kind of beat myself up up about it because like i kind of saw the signs but i didn't really i kind of brushed it off as and here we are 
You feel me? So it's right, like because you didn't know how to address it. Yeah. But at that point, sometimes it's already, it's almost like already too late. It's, they're too far gone in their thoughts that it's like at this point, if you don't get professional help, then you know, not no regular person in the family could even do anything about it. Yeah, that's the thing. Like a lot of black people feel as though professional help is something only white people do. Yeah. And you know, another thing that we do, even if we are Pray like fully <laughs> aware about it, we're always in denial that we have an issue. I don't know how many times, you know, I've told one of my um, one of my family members, I'm not gonna speak on who it is, but I've told one of my family members that they have bipolar disorder and they will tell you up and down that they don't have it when it's like you've they've had a doctor diagnose it and still to this day, they are so in denial about it because they don't wanna recognize that you know what I have a mental issue. We are so in denial about stuff like that instead of actually calling out for help. So sometimes yeah. we're our biggest, we're our biggest, um, you know, problem ourselves because we yeah. don't even we just act like we don't have nothing. Nothing's wrong with us. But a lot of that stems from our parents because yeah. I remember yeah. back in the day, definitely mine. I was going through something like I, I was just really, really in a real trying time in my life, and I told my mom like I think I need to see a therapist. And she was like, boy, you don't need to see no therapist. Oh, that's my, that's not like my Or oh, a big one <laughs> is talk to God or pray about it. Yeah, <laughs> like, yo, what is praying about it going to do? Like, most of them are old school, and that's how they were raised. To, to like, they like grew up in churches and stuff mm-hmm. and talk, talk to God, pray, and all that stuff. And that will happen, and that sometimes not going to help. You, you sometimes need to talk to people that know how to handle those kind of situations and know the right things to tell you. That's why it's really wild when like older people say our generation is like making things worse, but we breaking a lot of cycles. You know, we the ones that's like really trying to start things over and trying to have our kids raised right. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. And bring light, light to a lot of stuff that we've, you know, pushed underneath the rug for so many years. Right. Yeah. Right. Because now I see a lot of parents, you know, talking to their kids and communicating with their kids, asking them about their day, like what did they do, you know saying you know like leaving that door of connection open letting them know that they could talk to them about anything and i think that's beautiful because that just strengthens their relationship so when time comes for it like that needed conversation when that kid need to vent to that parent it makes it way way easier you know yeah, yeah i feel like i'm i feel like i'm one of them kids it's hard to vent to my parents because like i said they, they got that mentality like if i never am going through something the only people i feel like i could talk to is people like y'all friends mm-hmm. and the people on my unless it's people in my family that are on my level like my, my age or something that can relate but the older people in my family can't really can't really talk to them and that that kind of sucks because they're the people that i want to talk to you know it does suck like when i was going through my situation just now they were the only ones i wanted to really talked about couldn't do that because I had talked to everybody else yeah I was actually lucky that outside of my mom I could actually talk to my stepdad because you know he didn't he didn't first judge me or try to push it off to the side like if I had you know some issues with some stuff that I was struggling with with just basic life and you know stuff like that I could actually talk to him and he would give me sound advice that you know wouldn't just lead me into you know you know, like he don't care. He would just throw it off to the side. You know, I actually had that. So it made it a lot easier. Not saying that even though as an adult, I still struggled with a lot of my own 
terrible thoughts, you know. I've once had to think about, you know, if I was really like, really wanted to end my life because of the stuff that was going on in my life. And it just, I really felt like it was no other option but to just, you know, rid of myself from the rest of the world. But then the only thing that kept me going was my children because, you know, I didn't really have like a, a huge support system already being alive yeah. so you can just imagine if I wasn't here who was going to give my babies the best support and the best love that they can and I couldn't imagine anybody else doing that for me right. and most of my depression came from bad relationships you know um, my first marriage my first marriage was not the best one and I mean he's done some things to me that you'd be like okay kid why would you even think about marrying someone like that but I didn't know it until after the fact and which is surprising to most people, like, you know, what's odd is that that wasn't the first run-in situation that I had with a relationship that made me think, you know, I don't have no choice but to end my life. My first issue was with my son's father. And, you know, although we was together, they are capable of, you know, raping you. If you say no, regardless of y'all being in a relationship <laughs> or even married, if you say no and you're not for it and you they do it anyway, it's considered rape. And that was an issue for me because I don't know what he was on or what he was doing, but he had did that and he pushed me down the steps and I lost consciousness. Oh, wow. um, so, and I had went through it because we had just moved into our new apartment and Terrell was no more than like two, three months old. And I lost my place. I ended up being in the shelter with just a newborn baby. And I felt like I really couldn't talk to anybody because nobody really would understand. I felt like everybody was on his side. Like he still had his mother. He still had his brothers advocating for him. And all I was was just by myself. Like I had no nobody but a baby and I was only 18. So you can just imagine being an 18 year old with a baby and not having no options because everybody just look at you like, oh, okay, she's just another one trying to call rape on somebody because it's a failed relationship. And that wasn't the case, which is crazy because even after that, me not knowing how to cope with depression and coping with, you know, um, having the issues that I had, I went back to him because I, I just I was so comfortable with it and I didn't know how to cope with it until I actually sat down with my parents and I was just like, this would happen. I don't know what to do. And I really just came out with it. Yeah, that, I'm sorry to hear all that. But that's. That, that happens more often than we think with couples nowadays, especially yeah. younger younger people now. And that's, yeah, I don't even know what to say. That's, that's just bad. I just really feel bad for, like, women in these trash relationships. And that only stayed because of familiarity. Did I say that right? I yeah. yeah just being complacent, just being comfortable in a situation. And then also uh, a huge part of it is no one's going to really freaking believe you. That was a big part of it is people not believing me, believing what happened. And that's why I look at him the way I look at him now, because it's just like I could never have that type of person around my child. I could never look at him the same because of the predicament that he put me in. So, like, really, realistically, that's where a lot of suicides come from in that particular aspect, because people don't believe you because they have so many false stories that when it actually happens, you know, and then they leave it up to the, you know, a restraint in order to keep this person away from you. And how many times we've seen in the news where a woman has gotten a restraining order on someone, 
you know, calls for help and then either the man comes back and kill him and her and the kids or come back and do something back to them. And it's just, you know, it's all a call for help. But then really, who yeah. is our support system right. when no right. one believes you in the first place? It, it's, it's just a total mess the way a it is of paper, My bad. Go, go, ahead. Ahead, go ahead. A piece of paper really doesn't stop anybody. Because at no. the end of the day, if a nigga is crazy, you can't stop a crazy nigga because they he's don't a crazy nigga. Yeah. Like they willing to risk it all you know, to get that end result. And I'm glad that you like bringing a lot of this up because I really feel like black women kind of have it harder than black men. Only because y'all feel more rose than we feel nowadays. Because there's a lot of single black mothers and they have to be, you know, they have to be a lot and they don't really get the help that they need or deserve. So it's like, it's really, really rare to find you know, a black woman that's being taken, not taken care of, but that have that man in her life to help her because society really don't want to see a black woman win. I'm going to keep it 100. Like, yeah. they yeah. have... You're uh, right, you're right. Like, they have way more obstacles than we have. Like, granted, black people have a lot of obstacles overall, but black women really have it hard. Just trying to find equality in the workplace is enough in itself. How long do we have to prove ourselves that we're just as good as a, a person? I'm not saying that, you know, I want to be treated like a man, but I want the same respect as one as well, mm -hmm. if I have to give it out. But that's going to another conversation. Yeah. But the, the main issue is that a lot of stems from it's just people not knowing, one, how to communicate with others around us in the black community with mental illness it, and it's just a it's just a huge it's just a huge amount of like issues that we could go on and on and on and on about because of you know us not really like being educated well on it and that's the big that's another issue is not being educated so even if we were to say oh this person has depression or this person has schizophrenia or bipolar who's really educated on it to even point out those things to say, okay, they have signs. We should get that person some help. Right, right. It is. Aside from communication being an issue, pride is an issue as well because people don't want to get help because they don't want to be looked at or labeled as crazy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that goes back to what she said earlier yeah. about how they believe they're not really crazy or nothing. They don't want yeah, people talking about it. Yeah, denial. In denial about their own daggone problems. Yeah. yeah, so it's like, it's all about how they look to society. Because, like, nowadays, the name of the game is who can hide their struggle the best. Because in all actuality, everybody is struggling. You feel me? Some people just hide it better, and they know how to put on a mask and just deal with it better. Right. Yeah, no yeah. one's posting their failures on social media. Everybody's uh, posting the up and ups. Right. That's what I'm saying, because, like, everybody be so focused on everybody else's winning, like, they fail to see what they lost to get those wins. And I really encourage everybody that's listening to this, if you're going through something or you're dealing with something and you feel as, feel as though it's overwhelming, get help. Like, getting help, actually, it takes a strong person to get help. You know, I found out recently, I think, some of the best people to talk to are strangers that don't know anything about you. Because yeah, they're they they're not gonna they, judge they, you. Yeah, they can't judge you, and they can just, especially if they're not not too much older, but just have more a little bit more experience than you with life, and could help you with or give you advice on a lot of things. Because sometimes your, your close while your closest friends can help you, they but it's 
those dreams is that they probably been through a lot more, probably seen a lot more things and probably know what you're going through. And I kind of learned that going through this situation. I just went through, you know, talking with people at work, you know, on, on my routes and just telling people what I was going through. And they just say, look, you got to do this, do that. And I found out that helped me a lot through this. So. Yeah, I definitely agree with the whole strangers thing because it seems like for some reason you get way more support from strangers than you do yeah. from people you know. Yeah, yeah. Especially your family. They be the first mm-hmm. ones against you. Yeah. So, all right. So now that we established, you feel me, the root of the problem, let's talk about some ways to deal with this problem. Like, how can we recognize it first? I, I think it's kind of, I think it's pretty recognizable. The, the thing well, is. By definition, if we go to the website, the government website, it says um, experiencing one or more of the following feelings or behaviors can be an early warning sign of a problem. Eating or sleeping too much or too little, pulling away from people and usual activities, having low or no energy, feeling numb or like nothing matters, having unexplained aches and pains, feeling helpless or hopeless, smoking, drinking, using drugs more than usual, which is an excessiveness. So if you're mm-hmm. used to having like maybe a glass of wine, but now you're, you're drowning a bottle. And I'm not just saying, cause you know, I can I can take a bottle of wine in one sitting, not saying I'm depressed or anything, but just, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. just excessive, excessive right. drinking and smoking. Feeling unusually confused, forgetful, and on edge, angry, upset, worried, or scared, yelling or fighting with family and friends, experiencing severe mood swings that cause problems in relationship, having persistent thoughts and memories you can't get out of your head, hearing voices or behave, believing things that are not true, thinking of harming yourself or others, which is very important, the inability to perform daily tasks like taking care of your kids or getting to work. And that's not saying like, okay, you ha- you're having a bad day. You can't do your regular routine. Oh, I'm just depressed. That's just those are just kind of like the basics. If you know you wanted to pay attention, like you know, okay, you know something's not right. I'm not my normal self. We all are aware when we're not our normal selves. Right. Yeah. I really so, talk a lot of that. You just read like I just in there. Just a, a collection of that stuff, yeah. and you know a lot of stuff that actually hits the um, the black community and more so women, of course, because we can have kids. Is postpartum depression that mm-hmm. is a huge one because most of them we don't even know we have it. Hey, yeah, that yeah. could be a killer right there. That yeah, can be a, it is so overwhelming. And even people who've had three or four kids, even after your fifth kid, you can still have postpartum depression. It is so overlooked because most moms do not even know or recognize that they have it until they're just like, something's not right. I'm I'm just not right. Oh, yeah, those are some of the worst ones. I, I hate even hearing about that. And I've had it. I've had it after my first one, right after I had it. And it was just a collection of things simply because I was a young mom. So I had my son at 17. So I had no preparation, no idea what I was in store for. So that was a collection of why I went into postpartum depression because I just didn't know how I was going to maintain work going to finishing out my last year in school and taking care of my kid and trying to maintain regular friendships with people who turn their back on me, yeah, you know, because yeah. you, you're the talk of the school when you find out that you're pregnant at a young age. So, like, I just didn't know how to deal with it at all. And honestly, I don't even think that it was ever, like, fixed because it wasn't until my second baby that I realized 
I remember having these same feelings. I remember, you know, being uncontrollable about being a single mom and not knowing where to look next and who was going to help me and how I was going to provide for these babies with a minimum wage job and all that type of thing. Like, I can barely take care of myself. How am I going to take care of two kids? Mm -hmm. So, like, I didn't even know I had it up until I had my second baby. And my, my kids are nine and nine and almost 13 years old. So it's just like, it's just, it's a lot. That's a lot that we need to pay attention to as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially yeah, a black woman. When you said that it's a silent killer, like that really kind of hit hard. Cause when I was going through it at first, I thought I was just having a couple bad days, you know? I thought it was just some shit I was going through like, okay, maybe the next day would be better. The next day came, I felt worse. Okay, maybe the next day would be better. That's how I was feeling. And then, Same like, eventually, way. yo, it just got to that point where I was just feeling trash. Like, I just felt horrible, like, for that whole three months. And it was the worst feeling ever. Like, I got to the point where I started missing myself. Like, okay, where's the fun loving Max at? Like, this can't be life. <clears throat> and, like, Mike, I'm pretty sure, like, when I was going through that, like you seen like some signs because mm -hmm. it had to yeah. been times where you know I wasn't myself. Yeah, like I said, that's why I gave you this page because I could see it. And I said, you know what, he he needs he needs time. When when he's ready, he's gonna come talk to us. He'll come talk to me, rest of the bros, whatever. But right now, this looks like you really going through something, and I don't want to be, you know, invading invading space like that. That's just how I am with stuff like that with everybody. You know, I just think sometimes people just need time to gather themselves and just I, I don't know yeah I think just I agree I think people need that time and space up to a certain point like I think there's a point where people should intervene and I'm not just talking about anybody like close friends or family that actually care like it should get to a point where they be like okay I'm not hearing I'm not hearing from them as much as usual let me stop past you know make a visit yeah and I, and I remember doing that let me like, give them a call Cause you never know, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, that's why I try to check on people as much as I can that are close to me. Cause when you'll hear from them for a while, especially right. after they just been going through something, then you got you gotta check up on them. Yeah, definitely. definitely. And by disclaimer, we are not professionals whatsoever. We're just sharing light on personal experiences and just what we know, just to bring awareness to something that's you know pushed underneath the rug among us and especially in the black community so you know even though we can't be listening ears for people if you do have or struggle with any of these things that we've talked about you know seek seek professional help that's that's really like the best option that you can do is seek professional help no one's going to judge you no one's going to look at you any different than we have um and if anyone has ever done anything of that nature those people are not to be in your life whatsoever yeah, definitely don't try to hide it or try to act like nothing's wrong. If something's wrong, you got to tell somebody. Because if you keep sitting there and just letting it consume you, then it's going, the result is going to end up fatal, and nobody wants that. Yeah, so. you don't have to be tough all the time. You know, like, it's okay to feel vulnerable. It's okay to not be okay, you know. Definitely. So do you guys offer, like, any advice as to how to deal with depression? Like, I have my ways. I just want to hear what you guys are going to get or are going to say first. Um, usually what usually what I did was kind of like is kind of like the basic stuff that people do in relationships. You kind of outweigh your good with your bad. 
um, you kind of really like assess your situation like, you know, how much worse is, is life going to be for my children, my family, if I was not here? And is it really that bad? Because, you know, we've all been through some <laughs> yeah. shit. Like, we've been through some stuff, but is it really that bad compared to someone else's dump? Like, can we really say that this is our low, and is it worth taking our life and leaving a void for our families to figure out why? Why didn't they help? Or if you have children, what, who's going to take the best care of the, those babies when you're not here on this earth trying to provide? You know, it already takes us nine months to get here are we really going to throw away how much it takes your mother to you know carry you and just throw it all away without seeking help first so you know suicide is never really the answer but you know you can't really tell someone that when you know it's already too late but you know it's just you have to look at it from a standpoint of is it that bad you know and if it is that bad go seek professional help do not you know consuming your thoughts and you know think that you know everybody would just be better off because I know one thing and if you think that you don't have no one that loves you it's always going to be someone like wow I can't believe that person is gone now it's just unanswered questions right yeah and like like I was saying before like the way I handle these situations is one of two ways I either just give give myself some me time I'll go I'll go drive somewhere I'll go just do something to kind of like just be to myself or I'll talk to strangers because those cause I've learned through this situation I just went through they're the ones that's going to give you some of the best advice and you and like right you said something that just that just made me think like it really you do have to really think how serious is it that you should be thinking like this because that's why I said before we started recording that I don't know if I can compare my situation to the situations y'all been in or actual suicidal situations. I've never felt suicidal or have reached that state of depression. Like this situation, I was just in was just a car accident. I mean, it it was just I don't want to go too in detail about it, but it was just the circumstances of it that just really rattled me and had me shook to the point where I've never felt like that before. And it, you know, I just. Yeah, it's tough to talk about. I don't even want to reflect on it, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's just tough to it's talk a, about, people's lows are just different from everybody. Yeah, it's different. That's why I don't it's really like to, I don't really like to compare it. But as far as advice, like you asked Max, just definitely reach out to people. Definitely strangers. I would I would suggest. That's what I do, and you know, it, it worked a little bit for me. It helped helped me get through it, and yeah, I survived the accident. I'm here now, so so feel blessed. Um, how did I get through it? The crazy thing is, I got through it, and like one of the methods that I used was one of the craziest methods that I never ever suspected to use. But um, I got through it by listening to a lot of camera. Like when I was when I was depressed or whatever, I did not get out the bed. I barely ate. I I just stayed in my room because like I ain't have a job, <laughs> like I ain't have shit to do, so I just stayed in my room. But one day, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna get up, I'm gonna take a shower, get dressed, and go for a walk. And as I took that walk, I was listening to camera. So like the more and more camera I listened to, the more and more like my confidence kind of like start rebuilding little by little. Mm -hmm. So then that's when I start setting little goals for myself. And like once I start like accomplishing those little goals, like I felt better and better like day by day. So I think you should find, like when you're going through depression, you should find something that really, really speaks to you. But most of all, keep moving. 
Because the more you sit, the more time you just have to think and think and think. And the more you think, you just go and reflect on the negative. And never take anything for granted. Because right. in a second, all that could be gone. And I know that I see stuff that I, 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 I experience stuff that I remember praying for that I have now. And I never take any of that for granted. Right. I never take any of it for granted. Because in a second, it could all be gone. And everybody say never say never, but really, in fact, never say never because you just never know, you know, at the drop of a dime, what type of predicament you'll put yourself in, your family or any of that. You just never know. So, you know, never take anything that you, you know, have as, you know, what we we, we would um, define as an up for us or, yeah, I made it, all of that. Never take it for granted. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, um, there was a lot of things that was helpful that was said, and I really hope people will really take this and use it in their daily life because hopefully this can save a life. Like, hopefully somebody listen to this and, you know, they're going through a situation and they realize their worth or they realize it's not as bad as they think it is and they push on just a little bit more. And yeah, if you all <clears throat> and to the people that are listening, you know, you can definitely, you know, comment or if you got a story you want to share, go ahead and share it with us, you know. I mean Yeah, you just never know what we've dealt with. I know we we ha ha he he majority of our days, but you know, we've all been at our lowest mm-hmm. and we've all had something to talk about or have a story to tell. So yeah, right. definitely reach out, whatever if you got what you want to talk about it, you want to vent, you can definitely hit us up. Yeah. Like my guy said, you know, if anything you're going through and you need a listening ear, we are more than happy to be that listening ear. Because sometimes it just takes somebody to listen with no judgment, no advice, just somebody that you can, you know, get it off your chest to. It makes a world of a difference. That's true. That's true. So, you have anything to add? No, man, all I can say is just, y'all, just stay strong, man. Just, like I said, don't ever be afraid to reach out to people if you need help. If you, you know something is wrong, don't bottle it up. O- open up to somebody. All right? That's all I can give you. And, Kia, any advice you want to give the people, last last things you want to say? Um, Basically, just reach out. Um, seek professional help if, you know, you've, 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 um, zeroed out all or lined out all the other options really do seek professional help even if it's just talking to someone that you know may not be a therapist but maybe a pastor maybe someone that you know you are close quarters with them that you wouldn't mind sharing something or even if it's just like 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 we've been saying this whole time someone that's just stranger like you just really want to just talk to someone you'd be surprised what other people have dealt with i've talked to my managers i've talked to my co-workers plenty of times yeah, about stuff too. and you'd be surprised the stuff that they dealt with that was similar to my same issues that you look like oh man you know i would have never thought that yeah i agree just just talking can be the first stop yeah like like he said you know we he he and ha ha a lot here at facts from the lab but we really do care about you guys and Anything we can do to help you guys, we're here for it. Yeah. So, until next time, this is us signing off. It's your boy, Max C. Les. It's Mike Navarro. It's Kia. And we out. See y'all next time. Take care. Peace.